Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Fanu Ipe. Hi, Pastor Fanu, how are you? Hi, Emily. I am doing excellent and, uh, as always, excited to uh, be on the podcast and uh, to really, uh, I'm really looking forward to being inspired by the story that we're going to hear today. Yeah, I really think it's going to uh, reach out to people who have come from different backgrounds, different religious backgrounds, and see how um, even in the midst of that, God reaches out to us and how we connect with God. So this is just a reminder to all our listeners that the purpose of this podcast is to help you connect with God's mission for your life and help you uh, help others connect to their mission. You know, uh, I want to just thank all of our listeners, Emily. Uh, uh, You know, thank you for all of you that have been uh, engaged with this podcast. We've had hundreds of downloads now in just the last few weeks since we've launched. And uh, actually, we're doubling every month in our listenership. So I want to thank you for doing that. Please remember to subscribe. When you subscribe on iTunes, uh, you'll get a notification every time there's a new podcast that's released. And uh, also, if you can uh, share on social media, either Twitter or uh, Facebook, uh, just how you've been blessed through this podcast and uh, if you can include the link to the podcast because our heart is that many others uh, will tune into this podcast and know that God has a mission for their life and uh, and learn as we do every week uh, here, Emily, in all of these uh, uh, podcast sessions that we do, that God is using, wants to use, and will always, I suppose, use ordinary people to do extraordinary things for his kingdom and for his mission. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that they specifically want to hear about or hear us talk about, they can send us an email at info at passion to reach.com. And then we can discuss those things on this podcast. Yeah. You know, and also if you have any questions, you know, if you're listening to these mm-hmm. podcasts and especially today's podcast, you're talking about uh, talking to somebody that's come from a different religious background, from a different country, uh, you know, you may have some specific questions. Um, email us, you know, mm-hmm. the email again is info at passion passiontoreach.com and uh, let us know and we'll do our best to answer your questions um, in the uh, upcoming episodes as well. Great. Well, today our guest speaker is someone who comes from a Hindu background um, and his mother was physically healed. We're going to talk about that testimony in a bit. And that's how they came to know the Lord. And fast forward, he's now a a businessman and in ministry and he's training up young men. So we're so excited to welcome him to the show. Welcome, Andrew. How are you? Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm doing really good. Andrew, we are so thankful for your life. And uh, those of you who are listening, uh, I just want you to know that Andrew is actually part of our team here mm-hmm. at Passion to Reach Ministries. And uh, he helps us uh, uh, in various areas, but especially with our annual Go Conference. He's a, a huge part of that conference and helping us put that together. So, Andrew, thank Security you. Security extraordinary. <laughs> That's <Yes>. right. <laughs> Andrew, thank you for being a part of the ministry oh, and uh, for serve. tracking with us. We appreciate you so much. Of course. Glad to serve, Pastor. So, Andrew, why don't you begin to give um, our listeners a bit of background about who you are and how you came to know the Lord? Sure. Uh, I grew up in Trinidad, and I grew up in a Hindu background. Trinidad? Where is that, Andrew? Just oh, for I, I, I'm sure from, like, you would you know, know, Pastor Finu. It's way down <laughs> south in the Caribbean, a really nice place. You know, mm-hmm. Lovely people there, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Must be great in this time of the year, too. Oh, yeah. We're, we're I, recording this in February, so. I miss <laughs> Trinidad a lot, especially with these temperatures here. Yeah. Whoa. What is it out today? Minus 19 or something, I think? 
So it must be what plus thirty five there oh, today. Oh yeah, the coldest we get <laughs> to would be like fifteen degrees, and you know, and fifteen plus fifteen plus fifteen would be the coldest you'll get. Wow. <laughs> how do we? How do Emily? How do we move down there and do podcasts from there? Like yeah, honestly, no, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'd spend much time inside. So. That's right, on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, go on, uh, Andrew. So, so Trinidad. Uh, yep, I grew up mm-hmm. in Trinidad, and I grew up in a Hindu background. Uh, we were very uh, devout Hindus. Uh, my mom would take us to temple every week, and that's how I grew up. Very uh, with a strong religious background, with a strong religious focus. Andrew, for those who may not know about Hinduism, understand Hinduism, and really don't want to talk theologically about Hinduism, but just from a practice perspective. What was that like? What does it mean to be a Hindu from a day-to-day, week-to-week life and um, religion perspective of, of you, what you actually practice? As a kid, I tried to understand what it meant, but it was hard because I'd go to temple and I'd see these statues. They were different colors. They had different heads. It was a bit confusing. Uh, the language was a bit confusing as well because in Trinidad we we speak English and hearing all of these songs and and their scriptures in 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 Hindu or whatever language they used, it was very confusing. Um. We tried to assimilate ourselves with it. We tried to be there every Sunday, go through the motions, but it was a bit disconnecting. Okay, and and were you devout? Hindus? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We were there every Sunday. It took us a drive of perhaps a forty-five minutes to an hour from my home wow. to get to that temple. Wow. Um, but we were there every Sunday. We were there every Sunday. So yep, we were definitely devout. And what was life like from that perspective for your parents? Like, uh, did you have prayers at home? Did you, you know, were you read your, I don't know what their book is from Hinduism? Was that like at home or was it just at the temple? No, no. My grandparents, I remember it when we were growing up, every summer, so every August, they would have uh, a prayer where they'd invite friends over, they'd invite a Hindu priest, and they'd do a prayer for me and my brother. I have a brother who's two years older, and his birthday actually is in uh, August. So they did it for his birthday where they'd have a lot of prayers, have a lot of chanting, uh, I'd beat a little drum as a kid like it was just fun for me um because i didn't really understand what was happening and just trying to be a kid in that environment so how did you go from being a devout hindu to today being involved in ministry where was that transition where you encountered christ and i don't know was it just you was it your family that encountered christ how did that happen oh that's an amazing story my mom actually was very asthmatic she would have fits of asthma attacks every week. Every weekend, she would be at the hospital. She was there so much that she knew all the doctors and nurses on a first-name basis. She knew all the ambulance drivers. They were all her friends because she was at the hospital so very much. One day, a doctor said to her, you know what, you're always here. Why don't you go to a, a, a place, let them pray for you. And she said to him, you know, I've, I've had the, 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 the pundits at the temple pray for me. I've been trying to do so many things and nothing seems to work. Then he said to her, go to this church, a particular church in Trinidad, and they pray for the sick every Thursday. 
So there she went because she was desperate. She was desperate just to get better, just to remove the asthma from her life. So she did go a particular Thursday to that church. She lined up, she prayed, they prayed for her, and she felt delivered from asthma. It, it It was amazing seeing my mom not being sick. Wow. That's incredible. And so what did that do for your family then? Was it so by the way, was it an instant miracle that happened? Was it right away that she was healed? She felt a difference right away, but mm-hmm. it did take some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she immediately knew that something was different. Wow. And how did that change your life then? How did that change your family? What what happened from there? Well, my mom was the as with most families, my mom definitely was the spiritual driver of our family. And she would be the one to get us up, to get us dressed, and to take us to a place of worship. So I, I thank God that that transition happened with her. That he made himself real to her. Because once he transformed her life then that blessing flowed down through her kids and she started taking me to church uh, at 10 and even at that age now I'm coming from a, a, a religion where I didn't quite understand what was happening and there were a lot of statues and everything was a little bit strange to an environment now where I actually understood what was happening. It made sense to me. I read Bible. I went to Sunday school. I heard the stories. And this made sense. And through that, I was able to understand exactly what uh, what Jesus did for me, what he, how he came, how he died for me. And to my little heart at that point in time, that was true and that made sense. And growing up, uh, I grew up in Sunday school there and it's uh, through that period of my life that the Lord made himself real to me as well. Wow, that's incredible. So at the age of 10, you came to know the Lord and now going forward, how did you begin to discover um, you know, what God's call for your life was, the mission of God for your life? Oh, very interesting question. My journey has been a little bit bumpy, uh, but all the good ones are, is what I've been told. Uh, I've always known through my teenage years that God had a call on my life. Uh, Many times my pastor would speak that over me. Uh, Visiting ministers did all identify that with me uh, and say to me, you have a tremendous call on your life. That that was brilliant during my teenage years. However, I walked away from the Lord. Mm. And in my, I would say, late teens to early 20s, I decided to try life on my own, using my own wisdom, uh, and I walked away from the Lord. And I stayed in that state of of uh, being backslidden for a number of years. In that state, I I turned away from God. In that state, I stopped going to church. I stopped worshiping. I stopped reading the Bible. I stopped praying. And I, through my own actions, I cut that relationship I had with him. Mm. And you were still in Trinidad at the time. Yep, this was still in Trinidad. And in that state, I I continued to live my life the best way I I thought fit. In that state, um, I got married. Uh, In that state, um, I moved to Canada as well. But what I've discovered is that in our best intentions, we still mess things up. 
without God and without Him directing us and without us allowing Him to guide our lives, we 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 do crazy, crazy nonsense. And that's what I did. I did a lot of crazy things, and I totally messed my life up. And I found myself fast forwarded into Canada, uh, probably six years ago. I found myself divorced. I found myself with no family. I found myself with no friends because my wife got the friends in the divorce, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And I found myself at the lowest point in my life. I was very depressed. I was very sad. I was very, very lonely. And I had nowhere to turn. And I'm so thankful that it's in that state the Lord found me. I heard a, a, a preacher say once that God allows us to hit rock bottom so that we could discover that he is the rock at the bottom. Wow. And that through That's our good. darkest times, he still sustains us. And so he called me back to him. And since then, I've been filled with such joy. I've been filled with such, such gratefulness that he'd still have a call for me through it all, through all the years I've wasted, through all the times when I've disappointed him, through the years that I've turned my back on him and I didn't give him a second thought, that he would still love me that he would still take care of me, that he would still have his hand on me. Because I tell you, had it not been for the Lord taking care of me, it's it's a hard life. And I can I can successfully say that had it not been for him, I, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't I don't think I'd be sane today. I don't think I'd be out of jail today. I don't think I'd have a place to live or have work today had it not been for the Lord looking out for me even when I wasn't living for him. And so when and how did you then, through this coming back to the Lord, discover that God had a purpose for you, that God had a plan for you? Because we know, um, as Emily was saying, how what you're doing in ministry today, how you're investing in other people's lives. But before we get to that, what was the transition to actually saying, okay, now not only am I coming back to Jesus, I'm going to give God another chance to take over my life, to tr- transform my life, but now I, I can actually be used. God can actually do something through me. You know, sometimes when we go through those seasons like you're talking about, uh, the most people will say is, okay, I'll come back to the Lord, I'll come back to church, I'll try to live the life I, I need to live, live, but I'm really not going to go beyond that, not because I don't think I sh- I not because I don't want to, but because I feel God couldn't use me. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a way damaged goods. I'm not, you know, what what, what could I offer somebody based on everything I've done in yes, the past? Yes, yes. And I could tell you firsthand that I did feel like that. I did feel that I made myself unworthy of him. I made myself unworthy of his grace. I made myself unworthy of his love. I made myself un- uh, un- unusable. Uh, And so I removed myself from his will, and that's how I felt. But you know what, Pastor Finu, an amazing thing happened. When I, the the first Sunday that I found myself back in church, I remember I was at the altar, and I was kneeling, and I just felt a wave of, of both sadness and relief at the same time, if that makes sense. And I'm there, and I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to say how sorry I was, and how thankful I was that at least he would allow me to come back into church, and to pray to him, you know, and I, I heard him say to me, he said, Andrew, you belong to me. Hmm. 
And that broke my heart. Wow. That broke my heart to think that I wasted all of these years living on my own, away from him, and he still wanted me to be his. Wow. And how did you go from that moment now into serving in ministry? What was that? Oh, transition? well, that's brilliant because it happened week after week. So that was the first week. The next week I was in church, same thing. It was like deja vu again. I'm at the altar and I'm crying and I'm praying to him. Uh, and, and I heard him say to me, I have you here and I have you here for a reason. And so the Lord knew that those were the two things that I needed to get my life back on track. I needed to know that I belonged to somebody, that somebody loved me enough to reach out to me, that someone cared enough for me to take care of me. One. And two, not only did he love me and take care of me and wanted me back into his family, but he gave me a sense of purpose. He gave me a sense of drive. And knowing that... He didn't remove his grace from me. He didn't remove his anointing from me. He didn't remove his calling from me. Just knowing that he still wanted me to work for him, it ignited such a passion inside of me and created such a zeal inside of me that that just started me on a path of wanting to serve him and just living my life, building his kingdom and doing what he wants me to do. Wow. And so where are you today then in your ministry, in your mission? Uh, give us some uh, give us some insights. So here, here's what I want you to think for a moment. There are people listening to you right now who are probably in that place of when you came back to the Lord first, right? You're saying, I'm not worthy. Like I've really messed up. I know he's God and I know I want to come back to him and I will come back to him, but I really don't think I can do anything, you know, for the Lord. I want you to sort of Give us a, a a quick sense of what are you doing in ministry today? How is God using you? Because I want that to hopefully inspire those who are listening to say, look at what God can do to some through somebody who did mess up, but because he came back to the Lord, here's what God is using him to do today. So, what is it that you know God is using you to do in as far as ministry today? Well, right now I do a lot of work with teenage boys. I do a lot of mentoring. And so when I started going to my, my church, uh, I was speaking to the pastor and the ministers there, and they were explaining all the programs that they had. They were explaining that they had a vibrant girls' ministry where they mentor teenage girls. And I'm like, wow, that, that's amazing. What about your boys' group? Who do you have mentoring your boys? And they said, no one. And I felt like the Lord put a spark inside of my heart. And I said, well, no, you have someone. And at that point, I realized that what I went through was really hard. And I wouldn't wish anyone to go through what I've been through. I wouldn't wish anyone to go through that level of depravity or loneliness or depression. But then I realized that God allowed me to go through that so that I could learn from it. And now I'm a stronger person. Now I'm a stronger man. Now I'm a stronger Christian for those experiences. Because now I spend a lot of time uh, mentoring young men, mentoring teenagers. And a lot of things that they go through, I can speak to those things. I could speak to some of the addictions that they may have. I could speak to some of the hard times that they may be going through. I could speak to someone who has no place to live. 
I could speak to someone who has no idea where the next dollar is coming from because I've been through that. And because I've been through that, because I had nothing and the Lord still took care of me, then I could confidently say, he is my Jehovah Jireh and I have lived it. And I can share my life with them and impart them to them. And I, I, I say to them all the time, there isn't anything that you could think about. There isn't anything that you could do that would surprise me because I've kind of seen it all. I've kind of done a lot of crazy things. And so God could still use you. And I use my life and as, a, as an example to say, if I've gone through this and God could still use me, could still get me out of the muck clean me up and use what he's put inside of me from my teenage years, then he could definitely do that for you. You know, Pastor Fanu, I think that's really important for our viewers, our listeners out there is that, you know, you can, even if you're going through a difficult situation, you're in a difficult season or a difficult place, you can use your brokenness to be a blessing to people. And, you know, that's what Andrew's done. He's taken, you know, maybe the not so pretty things of life, the difficult things, and he's now using it to empower other people. And, you know, that's an incredible thing. When you connect to God's mission, naturally that flows out of you into other people to take, you know, what looked rough or the brokenness and turn it into a blessing for people. And I think it's incredible what you just shared, uh, Andrew, that, you know, even though God doesn't cause us to sin or God doesn't make us, uh, you know, backslide, if you will, but it's amazing how God can redeem all of our experiences when we do come back to Him and, you know, transform that, turn that around to actually you know, be an inspiration uh, to others who may be on a similar path or maybe heading down that path. And so because you came back to the Lord, he can actually use you now to speak to the lives of young people and they hopefully can avoid the mistakes that you made when you were younger. And uh, and I think that's powerful. And I think this whole, you know, I want to take a moment and we're going off uh, course a little bit here, but I just want to take a moment, uh, Andrew, to talk to you about leadership. And male leadership, uh, especially in the church, especially in the kingdom. And I find that, uh, you know, like you said, uh, your mom was a driving force in your home. Um, well, a lot of times women seem to be the driving force spiritually in uh, in their homes, at church. Um, and we are, you know, going through a famine, if you will, of male leadership in the church. So speak to that for a moment. What do you see? What do you think is the solution to that? How are you helping that uh, whole uh, you know, situation that's going on by investing in these young men. What I've seen in today's society and in uh, in my young men, uh, I've seen that uh, young people have a sense of entitlement without a sense of responsibility to back it up, and I think that kind of drives a lot of where we are as a society where I'm just standing there and I expect things to be handed to me because I deserve it. Not because I did anything, not because I've worked hard, not because I've put in the hours, but things should just be handed to me. And so what I try to do is with my young men, I try to instill in them a sense of responsibility. I try to say to them, nothing is going to come to you unless you work for it. 
remove yourself from the mindset of just expecting handouts and just going with the flow, but have a purpose for whatever you do and work towards that purpose. And so I find that even, uh, you're right, Pastor Finu, men aren't as uh, men aren't as uh, incentived to take that leadership role. Men aren't incentived to actually step out and teach young men. And I find that so sad because we have a lot of men in our church community with years of experience, with experiences, with a wealth of knowledge, and they hoard it. Like they hoard it and I, I think that is so sad. Why? Why, Andrew? Sort of cut you off, but why? How, why do they do that? How, I, I, how will our young men know unless they're taught? And I think uh, as, as men, we, ha- we are closed. We are closed as men in that we don't speak about ourselves. We don't speak about our weaknesses. We don't speak about things that hurt us, and we do get hurt. But as a society... We are, we, are, we are prone to the male macho image. And so because I have that image to maintain, I will encircle myself with a wall. I will not allow any emotions to show. I will not allow any weakness to show. I will not be open to correction or to instruction. I'll be full of pride. And that's one thing. Pride is so uh, so strong in our young men, in our in our experienced men as well. And I think just trying to uh, r- create an aura or create an illusion, actually, of having it all together removes them from a place where they can be real, where they can be vulnerable, and where they can allow the Lord to use them effectively. Wow. So in closing, um, you know, we always like to ask all of our guests, um, how is what you're doing in God's mission for your life helping others um, discover and fulfill their mission? So uh, just tell us, we actually, we're out of time. So just give us 30 seconds of how you're making an impact today. What are some success stories that you're seeing uh, in your church through your young men's ministry? Uh, I think you just started a breakfast recently. You have about 20, 25 young yep, men yep. that attend. What are you seeing? How are they connecting with God's mission for their life? What I'm seeing is that my teens that I've spent a number of years with uh, right now, uh, the, the ones who are 17, 18, 19, 20, who just started driving, who just started working, I'm seeing them take on that responsibility. I'm seeing them step up to get their families dressed on a Sunday morning and bring them to church instead of just sleeping on a Sunday morning as boys are prone to do. I see them growing. I see them coming to me with challenges. They have an issue with a job and they're coming to me to talk about it. They're being more open with their feelings. They're being more open to uh, suggestions and they're definitely being more open to the Lord using them and putting them in that place where they focus less on their pride and more on how can I serve. Wow. I think, and you know what? If we can raise a generation of men who have a passion to serve uh, God and His work, uh, I think uh, that's uh, that's an incredible thing to be part of and to be uh, engaged in mission in that respect. So, uh, Andrew, um, we are so thankful for your life and what God is doing through you and your story and uh, 
I mean, you know, there's a there's a scripture in the Psalms that David says, you know, I was in the miry clay, but you lifted me up and you set me on a rock. And uh, obviously, that's what the Lord's done for oh, you. Yes. Oh, and yes. I believe Definitely. that He's put you on a rock uh, to have influence, uh, to have the ability to impact other young men's lives. And uh, so we're so thankful. We're so excited for what God has in store for you and all the lives that you will impact uh, through the mission of God uh, that you obviously have embraced for your life. So thank you for being uh, on the podcast today, Andrew. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Yes, thank you, Andrew. Well, you know, there's so many, he said so many good keys in that podcast. And, you know, I just, I really feel like for our listeners that to understand that it's never too late, you know, that we've never gone too far away from the Lord. Sometimes we've removed ourselves, but God is always reaching out for us. And, you know, he's always willing, like you said, to take us out of that miry clay. And, and, and as Andrew put it, then he's our rock. And, you know, in, for the male listeners out there too, is, you know, male leadership is so crucial in the church and in ministry and, and in the people around you. And I think mentorship for, women comes more naturally because we're relational, we like to talk, we like to care for people and reach out. But there are so many young men who who um, need to connect with God and and that male leadership that Andrew brings to the church is so crucial. Well, you know, I, I think that's so true. And I want to encourage all the men that listen to this podcast. Uh, I want to challenge you to step up. I want to challenge you to embrace God's mission for your life. And I want to challenge you uh, to begin to pour into younger men that you can invest in. You know, if you're in your early 20s, maybe you can pour into somebody in their teens. If you're in your 30s, maybe you can pour into someone who's just completed uh, university and getting into a career. Uh, you know, at whatever stage you're in, go back a few years and start investing in some young men that are in that stage. And you know, I think Andrew made a great point. Be open and transparent about your life and your struggles and your challenges and how uh, with authenticity, uh, if you can be authentic on how you were able to overcome those challenges, I think that would go a long way in inspiring young men to know that there's somebody else that understands, that cares, and is uh, going to support them and stand with them as they journey uh, through life with God. So all of you that are listening, thank you again for being part of our podcast today. We appreciate you so, so very much. And uh, remember, uh, you can um, check us out on our website, passiontoreach.com, or email us at info at passiontoreach.com. If you haven't done so yet, please hit subscribe on iTunes and share on social media and let others know about this podcast as well. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.